Fans, and welcome to another edition of Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. Simon, we're doing a bit of a special one today. Oh, busting. Oh, now, now, that's Birmingham. Yeah. We're talking about the black country. I know, but I can't do the subtle of yam-yams taking part in this match, ain't it? Yes, it's uh, NXT television. I'm not carrying on with the accent. Uh, NXT television. Uh, it's Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain for some hot tag team titles. Now, the Mustache Mountain had just won the NXT tag titles only two days earlier at the Royal Albert Hall. I'm pretty sure Led <laughs> Zeppelin have played there, you know, and the slide as well. I mean, another. Please, please stop. I'm not stopping <laughs> until I can't feel like it. I'm quite <laughs> enjoying this. I'm, I'm now doing my broadcast voice. There's times when my voice is a lot more like this than you would have thought so, Simon. You should see me down at Villa Park. <laughs> can, can you just say the referee's a wanker in that accent? Oh, the referee's a right wanker. Beautiful. Although he's a bit of a tough one, this one is. You know, Drake. I wouldn't be messing with Drake at all. He's hench. Mm. Not as hench as hard body ref Scott Armstrong. That no, man is hench. But uh, I think we could all hope to be as hench as Trent Seven at the very least. Yes. It's uh, quite the uh, before and after photos, <laughs> you could say. Well, that's just where uh, the superior genetics of Tyler Bate kick in. The man is just a muscle. That, He's a that... big, strong boy. Yeah, it's just muscle and moustache, that's all that's on him. So, I was going to say about this match, I think that it's a lot like the, um, there's a lot of references to the old 80s style of wrestling, you know, there's a lot of, uh, especially in the opening attack, with the Undisputed Era, take them on straight away, and they, um, they, they really are going after them, but then there's a do-si-do, you know, the traditional do-si-do spots. Yeah. Where they whip them into each other, but then they link arms and they spin around and then they take over. That's that's classic Midnight Express against Rock and Roll Express, that is. I like that. It's a like, it's like nice little shout out uh, as well. And it points to the old... British British wrestling just seems to be perceived as old-fashioned, I think, sometimes. And the moves that it do, like, does when it's in other... Fe- other federations. Well, it helps as well when the look of the Mustache Mountain is so inspired by Order of the Peaky fucking blinders. <laughs> well, and British Strong Style with Dunn, who obviously had helped them out in the six-man tag match the night before they won the tag titles out in Royal Albert Hall. Now, Simon, there's something that you have said in the past about a couple of matches on this series. And it's one that I think is more applicable to this one, maybe, than even some of the previous ones. And that is that this match feels as much of an angle as it does a wrestling match, you know? Yes, yes, because uh, they take Trent Seven's knee out Mm. um, very early doors. And uh, it's basically... This match is sort of a vehicle for Tyler Bate to show his resilience. Uh, And Trent uh, as well. 
also he's very expressive uh, reactions when he's standing in a corner with a towel in his hands. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a lot of like the um, the Triple H, Shawn Michaels vision of wrestling, I think, where it's a lot of dramatic reactions and very, very, very story focused. You know. Yeah. It's like and... it's like it 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 doesn't it doesn't play along with the traditional structures of a tag team wrestling match. You know. And obviously, the undisputed era play their role as shit bags perfectly. Mm. Great shitbaggery. Oh yeah, they just are consistently going after the knee. But also, what I like about them is that they're they're able to also um, show off their athleticism and their tag team wrestling abilities. And and Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> is so great at getting mixed martial arts moves over in a wrestling situation without it being unnatural, you know. And you talk about facial expressions. Yes. He is the master. And he definitely downplays the comedy this time compared to previous shows and previous matches. Yeah, he's not as hammy as when they're when they're when they have the titles, yeah, he adds like a intentional hamminess to some things he does. I think that's just to show like how um like assured he is. But obviously they they've been slighted, they've been wronged. They they got dragged into obviously a uh, a partisan crowd, as uh, Mauro Ronaldo says, and lost the titles. Yeah, but it was... Um, and also, you know, like you're saying, he's not doing his playfulness anymore because he doesn't have the championship belts to do a little uh, uh, air, guitar air guitar solo like he's Tony Iommi or someone like that, you know? Yeah. And Roderick Strong doesn't, like, do that. He, he does this thing where he has a belt where he just always touches it. Like, when he's walking down to the ring, he's always just, like, patting the plates or touching it. I've just noticed that. Maybe it's just like, you know, he just loves having it around his waist. He's just like playing up to that. By the way, on a, on a little aside, can we just say that joining the Undisputed Era is the one that is possibly the best thing that happened to Roderick Strong? Oh, yes, it's been great for him. It's been great. Because he was going nowhere fast. I don't think he was going nowhere, but he definitely didn't feel like he had necessarily any direction because they've done it so cleverly as well. I don't know if it's been always their long-term plan, but the idea that Strong had been a thorn in the the side of uh, the Undisputed Era, and they'd wanted to hire him, but he finally joins them on his own accord, you know? Yeah. It's when he sees an opening in the team to take the championship belts, you know, because yes. Bobby Fish is out injured, so O'Reilly needs a, a more regular tag team partner. Yeah, and it obviously then frees up Cole to not do double duty like he had, uh, well, most famously. for that one match, though. Yeah, but... It, it just shows that obviously they were weak. Uh, I wonder if it was genuinely that they'd never planned to do that until Bobby Fish got injured and so they thought, well, we've got to keep them strong, so why don't we get Roderick strong? Wait, see what you did there? See what you did there? Who, by the way, the way he, like, um, his level of strength for, like, his frame, it's just beautiful. The way he backbreakers people. Like, he gets such height on it. It's just lovely to watch. Well, again, it's that increased... I think it's uh, when you spend all your days in the performing centre most days of the week. You just... If you're already athletic and in great shape, I mean, you just look at how ripped we were saying before that Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had gotten, you know? It's just... Yeah. 
Uh, it's just you, you sit around there with a nutritionist expert and you don't have to go travelling on the road to all these ridiculous areas all the time. It's a lot more focused and Florida-based. And it's a lot easier for you to keep a, a healthy diet on without being on the road. True, true. Much, much easier. Um, but Roderick is also... By, I think he was also a personal trainer during most of his time as on the independent scene. Ah, Although well, it's yeah. funny when you see him in the early days when I was aware of him when he was in Generation Next in the in the Ring of Ring Honor, of Honor. yeah, uh, and you know ROH, and it was always funny. He was a bit on the chunkier side in those days. He was really playing up him as the powerhouse, but then as time went on, he did lean out to the point that he's now. He looks like he's about you know one percent body fat or something ridiculous like that yeah you know whereas you have to use use a thousand of him to make one boston barry austin you know (laughs) whereas uh tyler bait he's got like even less body fat he is just as i say muscle he's uh the the great way of like just showcasing his strength which is even more impressive when you look at his like height uh the big swing stroke airplane spin combo he does on undisputed oh, yeah, that's great. it's the lovely like way of just showing you he is he is amazing he's he's incredible um but, sorry, go on sorry so I, I do rack, wax lyrical and when you alluded to the fact that this match is an angle it's an, it's, not, it, it's an angle, it's just that it's... I think it's because it's so story-focused. Yeah. And um, it's so important. It, it kind of reminds me of things like um, the famous Ted DiBiase Ric Flair match on a, in a Mid-South Wrestling in the early 80s, which was a double turn in the start. So, like, the whole show was one big angle leading to the match where an injured Ted DiBiase has to try and take his chance. It's his big opportunity to face... Ric Flair for the title, but he's already been hurt earlier on in the night. Okay. okay. But you know what I mean? It's like, I think it's because he doesn't do a lot of the traditional wrestling uh, structure, like I say. It sort of does, but it doesn't. Hmm. It does have, like, yeah, it, it does have its hot tag. It does have its um, uh, heel team cutting off the ring sort of thing. But... Oh, yeah, there's all the targeting of the limb work and all that, you know. But it's um, it's just, I, 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 for one thing that strikes me, this must be one of the shortest matches that Dave's given five stars to. I don't know if it was a bit edited down, possibly, from what was actually done in the match itself. But it keeps such a fast pace yeah. throughout the whole match. It feels like, I haven't got the times to hand, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was under 15 minutes long, this whole match. Because it doesn't do, like, you know, so quickly it goes into the heat segment. It never really escapes. It never really goes out of it. Even yeah. when, it, even when it, Tyler Bates in control, it's like... It's, it's not that it doesn't then go into the traditional, you know, Donnybrook four people all getting involved in the match. Yeah, because he can't, really, basically. No, he's, he's fucked. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> Sorry, just, just, just swear words in Dudley accents. Oh. Um, what I was gonna say is, when you compare it to the last 
straight tag match we reviewed, which wow. was Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers. They both are very similar. They're both similar. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Storyline elements in them, but this is a far more condensed version. Oh, it's yes. like um, theirs is regular Ribena, and ours is this is double strength. Well, I would say this is like sugar free. Sugar-free lemonade, whereas they've got, like, lemonade mixed with Pepsi, mixed with Coca-Cola. And, Why uh, would you do that? And then you tip some Frosties in there as well. That's right, what I the, see what you're going for. That's what the like, previous match was. Now, basically, this is like a thin or a slimline Oreo, and theirs was double-stuffed. Yeah, it's the Pepsi Max. Are you sponsored by Pepsi? No, no, I wish I would get them out of my life. <laughs> Anywho, seven up three. If you want me to go somewhere else, <laughs> uh, Lorcan's soda or pop preferences aside, getting back to the match, I love, I love it when. Um, people remove like knee braces and then just work over the whole and I love Trent Seven's facial expressions in this I don't think we've quite fully covered just how well he sells don't you think it might be a bit hammy though this whole match it's like everyone's if you're not if they're not going crazy with the spots they're going crazy with the facial expressions you know I'll tell you what I did find slightly hammy it it can't be that much sustained amount of pain the whole time Without just going unconscious or something. Yeah. It's the, the, the bit with the towel crossed into hamminess yeah. at the end. I will say that. Seven, I think, just about got away with it in terms of right level. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the hamminess is more on Tyler's part. I like that they, you know, there's explanations for what's going on. Like, I don't know if you noticed it, but when Tyler Bates... Well, like, when Tyler Bates reluctant to tag... Trent back into the match and he only ends up doing it because he gets knocked into the corner. Well, yeah, he doesn't do it. Trent tags himself yeah, in. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then when, uh, but also when he goes in to break up a pinfall or something like that, um, whilst the referee's pushing him into his corner, he's saying, you know, you only get one of those, you know, that was mm-hmm. your last one. And it's basically saying it's going to be an automatic disqualification, which I remember once um, David Boy Smith Jr., uh, in an interview saying that that's what the policy is in the WWA, but they never really explain that. Yeah. And it, and so... Um... And also, if because Trent was quite, if we go into the end, Trent was quite close to making the tag, so getting in is all well and good, yeah, but then you was... got the chance of um, being intercepted and then like making the tag even harder to achieve. So yeah. you've got to like weigh it up. Yeah, they did that great moment when they were so close and they did that people they were both like um flexing their fingers to try and get as close as they could. Standing on the rope and just leaning in. Well that's illegal, isn't it? You've got to be two feet on the mat and your hands cold in either the corner or the tag rope. Um, there's like all sorts of anger going on in AEW about what constantly Well AEW is just getting ridiculous with its like tag laws. But as in that there may be some, but they're not enforced. But also, Jim um, Cornette. But it's interesting because Jim Cornette's not even a fan of the blind tag thing, which I remember first hearing in like WCW in the nineties, where you're not even, you know, it's like if you touch any part of your partner, like if you slap them on the back or whatever, that counts as a tag. Yeah. According to Cornette, that's not the case. It does have to be a hand-to-hand tag. Um. 
Yeah, I don't like it when they like do just the back. I think shoulder. This is my personal thing. Would be fine for a blind tag. I don't mind blind well, I think tags. It's because they like the blind tag, and uh, Jim Cornette is saying, you know, it's harder to do a blind tag if it's an outstretched hand touching an outstretched hand. Yeah. But the idea of someone just slapping the back, you know, it's like uh, it makes it's 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 easier. It's an easier way to get through it, you know, taking yeah. the easy way out. Yeah, but sometimes you in, don't want to make things too hard for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know you're playing like devil's advocate there, but... Dudley devil's advocate. Dudley's de- the Dudley device. How dare you make fun of my voice? <laughs> Go back to your old scum, non-eaten accent. Bit rude. What is Tad a non-eaten accent? Just, just rude. Just a rude, rude man you are. No, tell me what's an uneaten accent. I don't know. You grow up in Nuneaton? Well, well, it's whatever I'm doing, then. Oh. There you well, go. How unfortunate for the people of Nuneaton. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, ba, 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 ba. What did you think of uh, uh, Trid7 at one point doing a bit of a New Japan tribute? He hits O'Reilly with a Snapdragon Soplex and a Strong with a Rainmaker. Yeah. No, I... um. That he goes for his Birmingham, but that's when the knee gives in. Yeah, I like it. Like I, I just like the fact that you know you, I can see the influences now, knowing what all Japan I have seen. It's nice to put a little bit of like you know a homage, so to speak, uh, in there. I think we should talk about one of the things that I know bugged you, um, and that's the crowd. Oh, the- for fuck's sake! Yeah, <laughs> now. I don't mind a nice dueling chant, but not for the entirety was, of the match. It wasn't for the match itself. It was just they wanted to hear themselves. That's what bothers me. It's like, yeah, regardless it, of whether it's a heat, to, it, it's like the opening exchanges or it's, you know, them getting, uh, them isolating Trent Seven and going for his knees or it's, you know, uh, Tyler Bate coming in and being a house on fire. It's not like they don't care. All they care is about themselves. I mean, yeah, it, do, it doesn't... That's so bothers me about these NXT full-sale crowds. It does feel like someone's just like pressed play on a tape player rather that than them actually like responding to anything. Game. Yeah. Well, even they change those chants sometimes. But it was just weird and jarring. I didn't like it. And I, I, I yeah, just, just, just watch it and enjoy it. <laughs> It's and not hard. Those aren't hard it's things just, to do. Don't, it's not saying don't chant. It's just you should be ta- chanting when, like, Trent Seven's in trouble. And he yeah. needs your help. And then you chant Mustache Mountain and all that. But now it's just always that. I hate that Jolene chant. Especially when you sometimes see people in the crowd chanting both sides. Yeah. That's just lazy. Like, it's well, just like know, it's, trying it's, to create an atmosphere. It's you... a testament to the good work that they do do when occasionally the crowd does stop it yeah. and does have to just start paying attention to the match because it's a bloody good match. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like they're not responding to the match. They're just, you know, trying to create noise for the sake of creating noise. It's really annoying. Especially because as, as I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, it's... Everyone plays their part really well. So with the finish, like, 
is it, couldn't the case be made that really Tyler should have just attacked him and got disqualified? Uh, I wonder if it wouldn't have been a better finish if they hadn't had Pete Dunn out with them and that it was Dunn that threw in the towel. Yeah, no. Well, Dunn's got more of a savage nature. Yeah, uh, but they, so they are part of a group together. They say it in the commentary that they are. Yeah. I mean, what they're trying to get across in the in the commentary is like the father-son relationship going on between Bates and Seven. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I get it. It's one of those. It's it's a little bit out. It's a little bit weird because we are so used to just people getting involved in tag matches in this era. Uh, but I, I don't mind it because I get I get the pride obviously from the Seven's perspective. I get Bate caring, but Bate also sort of wanting to win the match and being conflicted. And as I say, being so close to making the tag, and he's thinking, if I get in, maybe we can still do this. Um, and they're baby faces. Baby faces don't think about. I know, about I know. that's right. But um, I don't know. It's just I think they thought it was a very clever finish, you know. And and uh, maybe to some it maybe some it is, but you know, it'd be more better like if he just I don't know. I would just feel like maybe it'd be better if Trend Seven did just pass out or something, you know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's like I think it's because it gives them an e- it gives them an easy way because they have to keep them certain. Level of protected because they're going to be the reason that they gave them the belts in the first place was to try and give them a bit of a boost because of uh, NXT UK. Yeah, it started. You know, it was two days. They filmed it two days after the uh, Royal Albert Hall shows, so they wanted to make the you know a big impact. But yeah. they also needed the belts to be on um, undisputed era back and and set up. Uh, Mustache Mountain to be one of the top teams in uh, NXT UK. Yeah. So yeah, it was. You you, you do get yourself into like little um, cul-de-sacs sometimes with booking. Um, I think they navigated it well. Yeah, um, well, it's not a if it's if it's a problem, it's only a minor problem. Yeah. I, but, I, uh, yeah, I'm giving it five stars then, Simon. I am. I am. Yeah, I'm I, I love it. Uh, I I'm love not, it. I think I'm not. I'm not quite there though. This weird, isn't it? The Nuneaton one uh, doing it for the Black Country lads, but not me quite. Yeah, I just. I, I, I take the point. Too much I... of the um, the worst instincts again of Triple H and Shawn Michaels and the milking of it and the uh, slight overacting to the point of how I know wrestling is by its nature uh, overacting, but just. Uh, just a bit too, maybe a bit too up itself a bit, you know. Uh, I, I get no, what you No, that's from. harsh, that's harsh. I don't mean it like that, but you know. I think it's a case of, um, I, I guess I'm a little bit ham, less ham sensitive than you, I think is what we found throughout this. Um, but no, look, I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't like argue with you at great lengths if you weren't to give it five stars. I, I, I can understand it. Um, but you know, it's just different strokes for different folks to uh, take a phrase off the bingo sheet. So, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? <sighs> people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm Simon as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of times I had to Google the tensile strength of an ACL ligament during this match. My name's Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for the A in Cradley Heath. And uh, N at the end of Wolverhampton. That's my Facebook 
account. That's my Twitter handle, uh, Instagram, Letterboxd, Facebook. I think I already said Facebook. You add? Um, uh, for the people of the West Country, that's also uh, my MySpace. I think right. they just started to get that there. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Simon, we're, we're stepping away from um, both Orlando and the Black Country for our next match. What have we got to cover? It's uh, the start of another mini-series, I suppose. It's five-star heaven for Dave Indeed. Meltzer. We are night one. Uh, actually, no, night two, but the opening night for the bleep. B block, and we're watching Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito in the G1 Climax. Last year's final is the opening match for the B block this year. Uh, there's nothing left to say then, I think, at this point other than, uh, my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a Boston five-star time. Until the next time.